0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member
1: FDSE. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and The Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, as we are now into free agency in the offseason, the rumor mill continues to swirl. Most recently, we have the Sabres once again being connected to Arizona Coyotes defenseman Jacob Chekrin, Darren Dreger on an appearance on TSN 690 over the weekend. And this is based off of a tweet from NHL watcher said quote there was some speculation in montreal that kevin adams was kind of kicking tires on jacob checkran it's been quiet so i doubt that happens there's certainly no rush for arizona to do that but i believe that there was at least interest and he would fit the age dynamic so don't be surprised if buffalo actually ends up making a couple of decent runs here they want to turn a corner and they feel like they're capable of doing that but they want to add a little bit more firepower up front and some insulation on the back end so Taylor, I feel like that is, you know, baseline makes a lot of sense for the Savers right now. There's been rumors put out there that they wanted to do this, like, a, you know, ahead of this actually happening, uh, this coming out from Dreger. And on top of that, you and I have talked about the fact that it feels as though they are missing uh, another, we'll call it like a really so- rock solid top six piece. And still that that second pairing defenseman, you know, we had talked about the addition of Lubushkin while it was a great signing probably isn't necessarily the answer to be playing with po- with power next season. Uh, on last episode, we had talked about how it felt as though he was maybe a bit of a better fit for playing with somebody like Bryson, where you're getting more limited minutes on his end. Bryson is still able to do you know, what he does on the offensive end, carry the puck, skate up ice where you have Labushkin on the back end, really just being that rock solid presence. And then for power's sake, you're getting a partner that you hopefully, I should say, get him a partner that has a little bit more offensive upside than a guy like Labushkin does, a little bit more skill there. So generally speaking, I mean, what are your thoughts there on the Sabres, again, being linked to Chekrin? Is this something that you would like to see them go after? Just generally speaking, where are you at on this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what it would take. I think Chekrin's an interesting spot. Uh, he is 24. He He was a in the top half of the first round of the draft in 2016. So that's something that like, you know, he's a high pedigree, but it's paid off in some ways. He hasn't like blown the doors off. He probably hasn't been as good as the other two fellas in his uh, draft class, Sergeyev and uh, McAvoy. I think you probably agree on that. He's definitely the third best from the 2016 draft.
1: After last season, I would say, so the year prior to last, he was, he was probably, I would have maybe said he was behind McAvoy, but, I mean Sargachev has won two cups, so you know, obviously on a low
0: team,
1: but yeah, it helps.
0: <laughs> yeah. So but but he's good and he's yeah, he doesn't have as high of pedigree as Dallin or power, but like he has a really good one. And you would be a really uh powerful defensive team if you had all three of those guys, all of whom are 24 or younger going into the season. Uh I think that is that's that would be maybe have the the best or the most promising defensive core in the league. And what I guess kind of helps with that is it is not like some weird contract situation either. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid a really, really fair amount. He's let me, let me see how, when is he signed through? He's signed through 2025. So that's three full seasons you get at a cap hit of four 4.6 million a year. Very reasonable. They can more than afford that. So the question is like, what do you give up for that? And the first would be a starting point. They'd give up their first next year. I'm a hundred percent sure, but it's like, what prospects do they, they want after that in because I think at this point, Arizona, probably they've had a lot of picks and they made some trades to consolidate some picks into higher profile guys to move up in this, this most recent draft. So like they're probably not looking for a million more picks. So it's like at that point, could you throw them like a, a platter of B, B and B plus prospects?
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder that. I mean, for me, the big thing is a couple of points, I should say, based off what you're saying there. I think for starters, we should acknowledge that Checker is a left handed defenseman, but he does have experience playing on the right hand side. So
0: that's yeah, that's a must. He has to be on the right.
1: Right. Exactly. I agree with you completely that it would solidify the Sabres blue line and put them among the best up-and-coming blue lines in the NHL without question. As far as what it would take to get them, I think you're, I agree with you when it's, when you know you said about it being a first. From the Sabres end, I am with 100% confident, sure that it would be top 10 protected. There would be some sort of trade protection on it, just because, again, we don't know for sure if the Sabres are actually, like how good they're actually going to be next year. On top of that, too. You know, I think back to our discussion last episode about the difference between the Murray and Adams rebuilds and when it comes to adding other players into the deal like prospects, you know, I think that it's almost like a benefit and a detriment in a way because this time around, while we don't know what these prospects are going to turn into right now, we can at least safely say that the pedigree of the prospects in the system right now are much, much higher than they were in 2015. and so when it comes down to it and not all of these guys are going to be able to be sabers. Like something's going to have to give, you just made 11 draft picks this year on top of that next 11 year, the year before 11 the year before. And then next year you have four picks in the, in the two, in the first two rounds, there's no way that these guys are all going to have a spot. So at some point, and I have to think that this is what Kevin Adams has in mind and what they ultimately have planned is that, cultivate this farm system have this reputation of having a really solid farm system the best farm system in the nhl if we're being honest and then from there you're able to you know have guys who have a lot of value who probably haven't even played an nhl game yet by that point so we're talking about this in the immediate right now obviously and i do think that if you look at the current setup the current system i mean we know Savoy is not going anywhere. I doubt that. I, I don't know if they trade either of the other two guys, but like, I, I don't know. I think Rosen absolutely is somebody that could be on the table. okiharyu is probably a body that we would end up see going back because then it's like, well, where does he fit on the right side? And he's a young roster player right now that Arizona would be able to ice. So they definitely have the pieces to do it. I mean, and yeah, I'm with you, even though he doesn't play on the right side. I, it, it's kind of like, um, I'm all about it. Like if they make the move for it, I'm, I'm hundred percent down because of the guys that we've been talking about, when you talk about guys who are right shot defensemen, when it comes to like Weger and Dumba and Severson, those guys would cost less and they're all right shot defensemen, but they aren't as young and do not have the upside that a guy like Chekran has right now on top of already being an established rock solid top four defenseman. I mean, he's been getting number one minutes for Arizona. And if you put him in a spot where he's not relied upon to be the number one guy and he's your number three option on your team, kind of like you said before, you aren't going to have to touch the blue line for a long time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, look at it it is a path to success. This is kind of what Nashville did. Nashville and they had they fell short of the cup, but they had. You would say consistently four really good defensemen, probably, right? They yeah. they had Weber for a while. They had Suter. And then they had Seth Jones for a while. And even when they didn't have those guys, they were still very good. They had P.K. Subban. They have uh, they had Ellis. At home. They had Ecom, Roman Yossi, a Norris winner. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention him yet. So they had three Norris winners at, at, within a, a short period of time. I don't actually know. I don't think Jay Weber won the Norris, but still they, they had all these Norris contenders this whole time. They even had guys like, like Yannick Weber, the guys that are, you know, totally solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also had really good forward depth. They didn't, they never had a star forward. They guys, they have guys who are like almost stars, like Forsberg or what Johansson used to be, or I guess Matthew Shane this past year. They have guys like that, like really solid guys, Victor Arvidsson, Craig Smith, just rolling through but then you never had a bad forward on the ice which is kind of what the sabers are building towards and now who knows maybe tage is a star maybe jeff skinner is a better goal scorer than any of those guys nashville had maybe cousins is more of a two-way menace than any of those guys and maybe savoy is like a, a 2020s version of danny briere so that, yeah, could be, that could be don't play with my heart like that <laughs> um so yeah it's, it's definitely possible like that that's a good model to build on. Now it's also possible Arizona wants something crazy for check and they just don't give them up. So. Right. In and that case, that's, yeah, well, that's, that's no big deal.
1: Yeah. That's ultimately what you have to weigh is do you want to pay more for the younger player with the higher up upside or do you want to pay a little bit less and get a player who's 28, 29 years old and is going to be up for a new contract in any of those cases, Weger, Dumba, Severson, and after next year, I should say, pay a little bit less, and you know, guys who have a little bit more mileage on the tank. I, I, it's it's a very interesting thing to consider. I I would say, I don't know. I feel like to me, what makes most sense with what we've heard from the Sabers and uh, what it appears their direction is, is that. Ne- again, like next off season is gonna be the one where this stuff is all really gonna come together and happen, where they're going to want to make a splash. I mean, who knows? like again, we're we're only a few days into free agency in in the off season here, but it it does make you wonder, like you know we were talking about last episode. The whole conversation about again, like accelerating a rebuild or what have you, and with whether adding a, a good player like is a detriment to that, and you and I, I think both have similar thoughts on that that that's not necessarily the case, and so I think it's now just a matter of like, are they going to stick with what they've been telling us, which is another year of patience? Next year feels like they're going to be primed to make the run, or do they try and speed this thing up a little bit? Like, do they think that? the growth that they saw last year is going to continue and what we saw from Tage and Skinner and Darlene is going to be sustained in Darlene's case, maybe even get better, but then is cousins going to make a step, is plugging Jack Quinn or JJ Paterka into the lineup going to really give you that boost that you don't have is having Eric Comrie, like going to make that much of a difference for us right now. Like, is he ready to do this thing? And, If they feel that way, maybe they do make one of these moves coming up Uh, again, like you have the assets to do it. And I, I I have no problem with them taking either approach. If I'm being completely honest, like, I don't think that anybody has to be like, you know, you had brought up last episode about how people are so like, and you know, there's P there's that subsection of fans who are just like trashing people who want them to like do something a little bit splashy or flashy and make a bigger move. And it's to me, I don't think that, Either route is going to end up affecting the long-term outlook and the immediate outlook of the team. As long as you're doing it in the mold of of the way that they've been building things this time around, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I agree because that that subsection of like the, the people like you got to be patient. They are watching a different NHL because right. that is not how this has worked. Right. Like, we've talked about the Avalanche and their path. Like it just so happened with them that they did a terrible job and then did a great job with the same GM. I don't really know how to, for, I, I don't know how to wrap my mind around that, but Joe Sackick just learned on the job really well, but he, he wasn't trying to be patient. He was trying to speed things up. He traded for Danny Briere, a pretty old guy. Like they were trying to, to be, they traded for Jerome McGinley too. Right. I mean, they were trying to be as good as possible and it really wasn't working. Well, look at uh, the, you could look at the Penguins when they got good right after the lockout. They traded for Bill Guerin. They traded for Marion Hosa. They tried to sign Hosa to a huge contract that he didn't want. You can also look at who else got good in that time, the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks were insanely aggressive. They weren't patient. They mm-hmm. drafted Pat Kane first, were bad one year, were in the conference finals, won the Stanley Cup. That was a four-year stretch that included them having the first overall pick and winning the Cup. You know why? Because they were another team that got Marion Hossa. Uh, they got Cristobal Huey. That didn't work out, but then it just happened to work out that uh Niemi was pretty good they signed brian campbell they had this team full of like really really good players in 2010 and they were like oh salary cap be damned and you know what they had to trade 10 of those guys and three right. years later they won the cup again
1: right absolutely These teams
0: that are were very aggressive the, the kings are another example the kings they won both their cups because they made super aggressive moves at the deadline to bring in some guys and it the, the lightning weren't like oh I, we just like to wait and see what happens they also made moves they drafted drew in fourth overall and did they wait for him to see what, what it was going to be like? See if he could adjust finally to the NHL. No, they traded him for someone who ended up being way better.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I well, And that, that's such a great point, Taylor too, because then you even look back at 2015 and it's like the the problem with Murray wasn't that he went out and got Ryan O'Reilly and Kane and Lanner. It was that he didn't get anybody else to insulate the rest of the lineup the, beyond those guys, beyond Michael and Reinhardt, what did you really have there? You know, like it was the problem wasn't that he made the moves. It's that he didn't make the other moves that needed to be made. The other signings that needed to be made to put them over the top, to be able to have them be actually a contender. And so this time around, as we've been saying, the depth is there. Like you have both depth on the roster as it stands right now that you haven't had and in your farm system that you definitely have not had. So, just to to think that them making a move like right off the bat is going to like disrupt things or hurt things, or it's going to set them back. It's like, have you looked at the past 10 years? Like, you know, yeah. and not even just for us, like you said, like it's around the league too. Like there's just easily things like easily quantifiable things that it's like, this is why it didn't work. Not this. On top of that too, like other things we have to consider here for one I know that the vibes are really good right now but like don't you think that going out and getting a good player is going to help the vibe like do you think that them going out and trading for Jacob and that's gonna disrupt the vibes or anything like that or it's gonna
0: like it's gonna make things worse
1: right yeah like how how is trading for somebody who's good going to make anything about this team worse you want to add points on to what your end of the year point total is going to be and adding a guy like Trekran or whoever else is going to do that and so having a show of goodwill to the locker room and saying hey you guys are coming along this is going really well here's a really nice new shiny piece that we can add into the mix because we believe in this team and we want to have we want to help you guys take the next step that is only going to be a good thing for this team whether that happens this year or next year
0: yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't see uh, any real downside to it. I mean, if they end up giving up some cra- crazy package, that wouldn't be great, but they can afford to overpay a little bit. Or, I mean, the other thing is should we, should we bring this up with Chekrin? He's not the healthiest guy in the world. No. So, but it's not, it, it just, it's the kind of thing. That's a minor concern. Not, not like a death. Now he, his rookie year, he played 68 games. That's pretty good. I don't know if he was up the whole time. If he said some games, I don't know, but the next two ga- years, he missed uh, a combined 60 games. The following year uh, was the lockout shortened – not lockout. It was the year that was shortened by COVID. The season was cut off. He played 63 games that year, so he played most of that season. Last year he played – two years ago, I should say, he played every game in the shortened season – the other shortened season, the bubble season, if you want to call it that. And then he only played 47 this past year. So it's like – it's not a thing, but it's – he wouldn't say he's been super healthy either. I mean, he's missed uh, more than 100 games in his career, which is – it's not that long of a career. It's been six seasons. You can expect him to miss some time. It seems like, so that's that's a minor concern.
1: Well, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah. And so, I, and I think that the the greater point of what we're saying here is that it extends beyond run for them going out and making a move. It doesn't necessarily have to be them. It could be a forward. You know, I think our PLD dreams are dying slower and slower with each day because. Reports are now surfacing that he's, like, hell-bent on playing in Montreal. So I
0: guess we could kiss that dream goodbye. Is that where he's from? Is he from Quebec? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, then we talked about that already. Yeah, well, okay. good luck. Mm-hmm. Have fun in Montreal.
1: Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it could be for any guy. you know. I, I just don't think that there is – I see any scenario where trading for either – a younger roster player that fits in with the age group of the core who is legitimately good right now, or trading for a guy that you're getting to play with power, for example, that maybe is again on the older side, like 28, 29. There's no downside to that in my mind.
0: Yep. Yeah. So before we get to anything else, let's hear a word from our sponsors and DraftKings. Uh, so this would be the time when I'm supposed to talk about a uh, a bet or something that I'm, I'm interested in or want to share. What about Cameron Smith for the British Open? What do you think, Brendan? You know me. I'm a big golf guy. Well, he already won, so I can't say that. Um, <laughs> he won like two hours ago. Congratulations, uh, Cameron. Yeah, so I've already said the big things this week are the home run derby in the all-star game i actually already gave those out but do you have any any takes on the home run derby or all-star game
1: no i really don't i admittedly my following of baseball has not been great these days but my main take that i will say is trust whatever taylor says everybody make the bet that he tells you to make and if it doesn't go well then blame it all on him and not on me at all
0: yes okay let's do that and here's the new one because so i said Already the bet on the AL and the bet on Pete Alonso. And now I'm gonna say All-Star Game MVP, Aaron Judge. Okay. Alonso for the home run derby, by the way. That'll be today when you're listening to this. It's Monday night. Tuesday, all-star game. A L and Aaron Judge. Also, you don't have to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. So what else is up? The development camp happened, I guess. Development camp did happen. Yep, and it, it seems like there was some, some quality goaltending going on.
1: There was, yeah. Neither of us were able to make it down there. So admittedly, we're going to have to, for more extensive coverage, defer to our presenter, the Charging Buffalo, who was on site, I'm pretty sure, every day. So if you haven't checked it out, go through their Twitter feed at the Charging Buff and see all the videos that they were posting of guys like Coolidge, Ostland, tons of Levi and Portillo as well, Quinn and Paterka Samuelson. It seemed like overall it it was a really, really solid week. And, again, it was highlighted by Portillo and Devin Levi really stealing the show. I mean, did you see that Devin Levi breakaway save on Jack Quinn? Oh, I did. And check that out on the Saver's Twitter account. Quinn
0: looked like he couldn't believe it.
1: In awe. Like, he was shocked. Yeah. yeah i mean watching those guys oh my god unbelievable stuff and yeah there's a lot of bright spots a lot of guys were saying too that uh, as i mentioned before yuri Kulich looked really really good this week jj paterka went out of his way to talk about him a bit and Kulich had said after the draft too that his goal like he wants to he had said the nhl i, I think that may be a bit lofty just considering his draft positioning but you know maybe he's a little bit more ready to to play in the pro game in north america than we think and so he's able to potentially play in Rochester this year. I believe he was also a part of the CHL import draft. So he could play um, in the CHL, but if he looks ready, I mean, I wouldn't mind having him in Rochester this year just to have something to be excited about there. I think, you and I both maybe think that Paterka will end up starting down there, but having Coolidge down there as well could be a lot of fun for that Rochester team who did it. Like, as you talked about last episode, a great job of bolstering their blue line for this upcoming season as well.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. it would be a nice little wrinkle for Rochester. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. And so it looked like, yeah, it looked like a, a good, uh, a good prospect camp from the people you'd expect
1: absolutely be. we will have more uh more coverage on the prospects once we get closer into the season unfortunately it was just a busy week for you and i so we weren't able to make it over to harbor center to watch but like we said make sure you're going through the charging buffalo's feed and checking out all of their coverage from development camp because there's a lot to be excited about i'll put it that way definitely what definitely. else taylor what else well should we actually talk about the <laughs> the big news that had broke after we put out last episode that you and I were both very 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 incorrect about
0: that's right it's Johnny Gaudreau is uh now officially a resident of the state of Ohio
1: so sorry Johnny
0: so this is this is interesting really interesting because so he's from New Jersey right but he's south jersey like by where philly is which mm-hmm. is why philly was in on him so people thought philly philly's a mess like that's one of the in no the sense last place i'd want to be right now he wanted uh, to go too that was his preferred spot but they don't have the cap room right nope. that's why they needed to dump jvr but they didn't want to lose another first round pick Ugh. can so, i just say i would like say what you will. I don't know how possible this would
1: have been, but we have three second round picks next year. I would have thrown in one of those to take their first round. I would have given up either any of the three second round picks next year to take on JVR's contract and get that first, like do anything to get over the top to get Phillies first, because I do not think that they are going to be good. And they're in denial about the fact that
0: they are not going to be good. Yeah, they really are. I don't, I don't know why they just they don't rebuild. I don't don't, they just never do. I don't I don't really get it, but yeah, it's a Philly. uh, They used to have this little thing going on where they were an every other year team. Mm -hmm. They made the playoffs in even years. I think it is. Yeah, they made it in twelve, missed in thirteen, made it in fourteen, made it sixteen, made it eighteen, made it twenty, missed all the odd years. But this was an even year, and they they missed miserably. They were thirty something points out of the playoffs. They're behind even us, so. They're not in good shape and they don't have Claude Giroux anymore. They like the guys who are the core of their teams were not even that great of teams. These are teams that topped out in the second round are aging. Carter Hart is not emerging. Like they thought he was gonna Risto is there for five more years. I don't know guys. So that I get that. Uh, So, and I, like I said, last time I would say with New Jersey, if I were him based on the teams he was looking at the Islanders uh, still don't love the way they're going. So that's uh, that's a strange thing. And then, I mean, the, the I can't believe he was looking, looking at the Islanders. I, I don't really get what they're doing at all. They, I, they're, to me, a team that's kind of a no-man's land, totally. And I don't think he gets them that much higher than that. New Jersey's a team that seems like they could be on the rise. That's still very – well, now it's way less poss- likely that they're on the rise without Johnny, but, like, they could still be pretty good. We'll see how Jack Hughes develops and if he can stay healthy. And like, Columbus, though, just seemed like out of nowhere to me. But now that he's there, they're kind of an interesting team. They were one of those other middling teams, but unlike the Islanders, they have a pretty good prospect pool. Mm -hmm. They were the athletics number six prospect pool last year, farm team, whatever you want to say in their rankings that Scott Wheeler did. And they added two lottery picks this year. So like, I hadn't thought about that. I don't don't really think about them. I don't think about them at all. I could have stopped the sentence right there, but They already have Ken Johnson and Cole Sillinger, both of whom are very highly thought of. They drafted uh, David Juracek on defense this year and also Denton Matej And their goaltending situation isn't great, but they actually do have an interesting defense at the moment. And Mm -hmm. they're adding two highly touted defensive prospects. Maybe they're interesting in a couple of years while Goudreau is still young. Could be, could be. I,
1: i i'm still just so confused by it from the sake of like i I get it if it came down to him actually just not wanting to sign with a rival of the flyers i mean whatever but
0: that's kind of funny
1: While i don't disagree with what you're saying about columbus having a good uh good structure there and some really nice pieces coming up through the system and existing pieces on the team right now like dude You could have got to play next to Jack Hughes for the next seven years, man, and just have that dude setting you up every single night. Well, the other thing is, didn't Columbus offer the most money? Did they offer him the most? I thought New Jersey offered him more. There's been, I think there's been back and forth because some people were saying that New Jersey offered him more than 10 and then it was 9.75. And I don't know. I so, don't understand this
0: at all. How is he not commanding more money? Are people really scared I, off by this?
1: I have no idea about that, honestly, probably because not enough teams were really interested in going for him. But again, why weren't more teams in on him? Like that's what I don't really get on top of that. The other thing I have to say is that New Jersey ends up making the move of signing Andre Pilat to a five-year deal We were talking about that last episode, too, not to keep referring to it, but where I had said, like, I would not give Pilat a five-year deal because of where we are right now. Like, it makes sense for a team that is, like, firmly in win-now mode to make that kind of a move because he's 31 years old. If New Jersey had Goudreau, it takes them up, I think, to being, like, a legitimate contender. But without him... I don't see them necessarily as being in win-now mode right now, and so that is, I feel like, a move that in two years they are going to really regret.
0: Seems possible. They gave him more than $5 million.
1: Yeah, that's. I, I that just felt like that was a move that should have been made by a team that was like really ready to compete for a cup right now to add a guy like that into your middle six, not New Jersey, who is going to have to really move him up the lineup a bit there, and he'll be playing firmly in their top six. I mean, don't get me wrong. New Jersey does have good pieces. And I think that if all those guys take another step, I mean, if Bratt continues to play at the level that he did last year, if Hughes really takes another step too, because he's still blossoming, you have he who's like a rock solid two C there and some other nice younger pieces, but I don't know. I wouldn't have made that move for Pilat, like just as a reaction or anything. I think they maybe just made it because they were kind of gearing up for like, Hey, we're going to make this big splash, this big move. And then they don't land Goodreads and they're like, Oh, well, we got the guy who won
0: two cups. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's definitely a consolation prize. But you know, sometimes consolation prizes are perfectly okay signings, and sometimes you sign Villy Leno. Yeah. This isn't Villy Leno, is way more of a track record, but shit, he's he's not young and he's his production is declining already. So I guess we'll see how that turns out, in New Jersey. Yep kind
1: of surprising too that there's a couple of pretty big name guys who haven't signed yet and Nazim Kadri and John Klingberg.
0: Yeah. Those to me both um, they are kind of surprising, but I think both of those guys are in a weird spot for different reasons. One is Kadri had like the contract year of all contract years. Yeah. And while that's good for him, I think that's teams are just smarter about that now. Yep. Like they don't look you can't look at Cadre and be like he's gonna be what he was last year for the next five years, seven years, whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't ignore it either, though. You can say if you're a team like, hey, you're this guy, you have a big big long track record, this is what you are, and you're gonna be 30 soon, if he isn't already 30. Uh and that, but he can come back and go like I was more than a point of game player last year. I was one of the five most important players in the team that won the Stanley cup. So I expect some money. Klingberg on the other hand is interesting because he's also aging, also wants a long-term deal and uh, kind of a decline. Those uh, defensive numbers are not super pretty mm-hmm. from, from old hotline Kling. Wasn't he? Like, wow. That I you remember that.
1: did that. No, I, that? I, I don't. And I'm, that not, was a big like, thing
0: back in the, like a decade ago oh god yeah so he he's honestly that's another way teams are getting smarter like oh this this defenseman has a bunch of points let's pay him he uh he's probably not worth the money that he wants that's one one of the classic conundrums you run into and a third conundrum it's a capped league and a bunch of guys are already signed teams don't have a ton of room left yep that's
1: kind of what i also wonder what kadri's doing right now too like if I mean, there was reports that Columbus was originally going to go after him, and then once Goudreau came into play, they turned their attention there. Part of me is wondering, like, is Kadri, has he gotten offers, and is he waiting around to see if Colorado can do something? That would be do you interesting. Stick
0: around there. I mean, I'd love to I'd be in Colorado if I were a, him. A pay cut, but yeah, yeah. I have no idea what their cap situation looks like, but they have to. They kind of have to keep some room open for McKinnon, right? Yeah. They have to give McKinnon like 12 million a year.
1: Yep. And I think Byram's up next year, too.
0: Oh yeah. He's gonna get his first like real NHL contract. You're gonna want to pay that. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be interesting. Eric Johnson country.
1: comes off the books though, and I think he's making about six million. After this next season?
0: Yes. Wow. Hmm, that could be something interesting for the Sabres to look into, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean,
1: if they're looking for like another third pair guy, but I mean, a way to help –
0: would it be – if they're trying to help Colorado out, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, you mean as like a cap cap move?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Hmm. I have to think about whether that's actually worth it because it's like, you give us a first, okay, it's definitely going to be bottom four in the first round.
1: I would still take it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then maybe – is Eric Johnson on the right side? Yes. Hmm. Not the worst thing to have a veteran, third-pairing guy like Eric Johnson yeah first overall pick not, not one of the better ones he certainly but, was <laughs> <laughs> better than like Yakupov and uh, shit that's all the ones I got maybe Lafreniere
1: yeah, Lafrenier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rangers fans are going to be coming for you Taylor
0: uh that's right let them come for me also another thing I wanted to say about Jacob Chikrin I forgot shout out to my cousin uh Pat Dannehy huge Sabres fan same exact birthday as Chikrin
1: really what same day that?
0: same year march 31st 1998
1: wait pat danahy has the same birthday as jacob Chekrin. yeah that makes me
0: feel disgustingly old <laughs> that's disgusting uh final legend so <laughs> yeah do we have any more hockey thoughts here it hasn't been a very busy few days since the last time we talked
1: no, it is not Taylor. And I think it probably means it's, it's time for us to wrap things up here. So uh, for our random Sabres player of the episode, I'm going with the King and the birthday boy as we're recording this
0: Mr. Ryan Miller. Wow. I did not know it was his birthday. To, indeed it is. Yeah. Well, since it's his birthday, I should probably go with that. Do you have any recommendations or no? Mm-hmm. In your last episode, you said you wanted to talk about something. But I don't remember what it was. Oh,
1: it was Thor. Actually. I did say that. I mean, we don't have to. I know that. Uh... Well, you liked it, though, right? I thought it was fine. It was fine. That's fair. I have some. Um, I don't. Do you have any?
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Phantom Town is available for free on YouTube. Okay. So if you uh, if you want to check out Phantom Town. Thumbs up.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabers, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're using. Check out our fellow shows and follow them on social media. Also, follow us on social media: Straight Up Sabers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use that promo code THPN at DraftKings when you're checking out to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in. This is Ben, Straight Up Sabers.